Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. And on today's episode, we have another draft profile, this time defenseman Oliver Bonk from the London Knights. We're going to learn about Bonk from our good friend Ben Jordan and why he feels like a easy single, easy double for the Sharks to pick, especially in the second round. And then we're going to talk about this hodgepodge of defensemen. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen. Proudly a part of the Locked On Network, where we cover your team every day. Um, and on today's episode, like I said, we have Ben Jordan on. We're going to discuss uh, Oliver Bonk, why he feels like a you know if you're looking for a steady defensive defenseman who's going to play second line, second pairing of minutes, Oliver Bonk is your dude. Um, and then Ben helps us kind of dig through the the chaos that is um, this defensive class, especially in that late first, early second. So he talks about three guys that he really, really likes um, in that range. So before we get into it with with our friend uh, Ben Jordan of Smart Scouting, I do want to let you know today's episode is brought to you guys by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And now we bring in. Ben Jordan of Smot Scouting makes his return to Locked on Sharks, uh, where we're going to discuss one Oliver Bonk, uh, which is just an amazing name for defenseman. But Ben, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing really well. Um, could be doing a bit better with the Leafs. Um, hasn't been quite the second round. I don't think a lot of Leaf fans were expecting. But yeah, by the time apart from this- that, I'm doing well. Yeah, by the time this episode comes out, uh, they might be already on their way for to vacation. But uh, you know, vamos cautas, buddy. I mean, yeah. you know, as it stands, not out yet. Not out yet. So technically, Down, as it stands, out. not out yet. So uh, we're going to talk about Oliver Bonk, the defenseman from um, the London Knights. If you're not familiar, uh, Bonk, defenseman, six foot one, 176 pounds. Uh, Played 67 games this year, has 10 goals, 30 assists, 147 uh, shots on goal. Also added uh, at eight assists in 15 playoff games as the London Knights are uh, playing for the, uh, is it the, I always forget, are they the Western Eastern? They're playing for one of the championships over there. So, um, yeah, as they're they, in the uh, West. They're in the West. I always forget. Yeah, they but. actually just won the West. So now they're playing for the OHL title. It'll be them and Peterborough. Yeah, so for there we go. Trip to the Memorial Cup. <laughs> so yeah, they're well on their way um, to you know that's what London does. They they just produce good teams. But um, yeah. Oliver Bonk, who's I you know is well, let's start with there. What makes Bonk? I'm just gonna keep saying Bonk as many times as I can. What makes Bonk <laughs> such an intriguing draft prospect? Yeah, I think he he kind of stands out at least from the public scouting sphere as just he's not a super flashy high offensive upside high ceiling type player so i don't think he necessarily gets all the love um that he deserves from the from the public scouting side uh but it for me it's just really like his positional awareness um awareness in the defensive zone 
and ability to control the gaps and makes a great first outlet pass uh, and then breaking up passes, reading passes. He's got an extremely quick stick. Um, so, so those are all kind of different traits that, that lend him towards kind of that second pairing minute crunching guy that'll take you on a deep playoff run. Right. Um, which, which is they're they're hard to trade for. Teams don't want to get rid of them, and they're pretty expensive on the on the free agent market. Like just off the top of my head, like guys like Nick Letty and Good Branson and stuff like that. Uh, when they kind of get older and into that stage, um, they're kind of more expensive than you probably want to pay on the free agent market and come with terms. So really important to draft guys like this, um, and and they're not necessarily the most flashy, but crucial to to successful teams. Yeah, I mean, these are the types of guys who, like you said, right, they're kind of like those glue guys in your defensive minutes who are going to allow your stars to kind of do what you need them to do. And then uh, guys like Bonk are going to come in and you know exactly what they're going to do every time they step over the board. They're going to you know, exactly. probably take some of the, the harder assignments, uh, especially sounds like a guy like Bonk who's, you know, sounds like he's more of a defensive specialist than the offensive yeah, guy. definitely more of a shutdown role, mobile get the puck up to the forwards type guy. Uh, when, when I think of Bonk, kind of NHL names as comparables that come to mind are guys like TJ Brody um, and then even Eric Chernak, but with probably a bit better mobility, um, just Bonk's four-way mobility and getting out of, um, you know, pressure and plays along the wall um, and just being able to make that small little slip pass to his defensive partner up the boards to a winger. Um, that's just Just super nice plays that don't always get recognized um that you just love i mean yeah you can kind of see his role right now with london right where he's kind of being having to be that second uh you know kind of paired defensive guy uh mm-hmm. of course they have logan malu or Malu or whatever uh they have that guy who we don't like talking about but uh yeah. who's kind of the the star on the the blue line right he's gonna describe he's gonna rack up all the points and stuff but he's uh but bonk is kind of the especially at a young age right he's really kind of settled into his role for london right right so um what do you think so again you, you talked about how he's kind of a defensive what do you think though i mean his his offense right he does have a little bit of flashes what do you think of of kind of is he maybe just scratching the surface with his offense or do you think this is kind of what you're getting with him uh yeah well i think I think part of it that kind of limits him is just his offensive instincts. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, he he's not great carrying the puck, especially through the neutral zone. Um, not the best stick handler and kind of lacks that high-end speed that we see with a lot of kind of younger offensive defensemen that just torch junior leagues, guys like Zellweger and things like that. Um, so, so he lacks that high-end speed. Uh, and just like I, like I kind of said with the offensive instincts, just like – understanding when to pinch and reading when he should activate and kind of he get he gets trapped down low sometimes and sometimes you kind of wish maybe he had carried the play a bit more down low like Morgan Riley does from time to time um, so I would say those are kind of his limiting factors I do think that just because of just because of his ability and the way he he understands the game as a whole not necessarily offensively I think there's a little room to grow um, and again, depending on landing spot and team and kind of where he finds himself, uh, that, that may dictate his limitations as well. But I do think he's kind of limited in the in the sense that his offensive awareness just isn't quite where his defensive awareness is at. Um, and especially the way the game is trending now with 
defensemen that love to carry the puck uh, and he's kind of that kind of holds him back especially in the neutral zone which is such an important part of gaining the offensive zone and and, and carrying play that way so um, I don't I don't think there isn't room to grow but I would say that I, I think he's relatively limited in that aspect so it sounds like he needs he's a good partner for a puck moving defenseman like if you have an Eric Carlson type of guy, um, somebody who's, you know, their offense first, uh, but having Bonk as their be the perfect partner for them where they can kind of be the defensive defenseman. They're going to kind of make all the right plays and then let, let whoever is your puck carrying defenseman kind of step out of the way and let them do their job when it needs to be, when they need to do it. Yeah, totally agree. And, and like I mentioned a little bit earlier with Bonk, he, one of, one of his strengths is that, outlet pass and that pass that he makes and he's really good at getting that puck up up to the forwards and into the rush quickly so even if he's not necessarily a part of that rush he'll be facilitating it from the back and getting that started so guys like carlson who you mentioned do love to get up into the rush uh, added benefit for somebody like that for sure all right, guys, before we continue uh, our deep dive on Oliver Bonk and then why he, you know, kind of his timeline, where he kind of fits in with the Sharks, uh, potential there. So we do need to take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our friends over at Game Time. Um, it's that time of year right now where you're trying to get tickets for, you know, all the events happening this summer, whether it's, you know, you have the Giants, you've got A's for a little bit. Um, maybe you're going to a concert. That's where game time comes in because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. They have killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Um, they have amazing things like their flash deals on, on last minute tickets. So especially, you know, if you're not one to plan things and you just like, hey, I want to go to Giants game today. Boom. They've got you covered. They have images of the seat views. So that way, you know exactly what your seat's going to look like when you get there. Lowest price guarantee. Okay. And there's uh, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, bunch of amazing things. So um, all you got to do is buy tickets with the game time app. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Again, like I said, you can see the seats, right? It's There's nothing worse than buying tickets and then you get there and you're disappointed with your seats. You don't have to worry about that with game time. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. So, you know, you mentioned you kind of picture him as kind of topping out as like a second pair, uh, you know, on a, on a probably on a good team, second pair, but very, very important minutes type of defenseman. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you're a team like the, the Sharks who've added a lot of blue line pieces, you know, especially recently guys like Muka Madulin, um, you know, for example, you know, Henry Thrun, et cetera, et cetera. Why do you think it's smart for the Sharks to just keep taking swings at blue line players, especially because they don't really have a guy where you can kind of point to be like, okay, I know what, I know exactly what this guy's going to be in the NHL. And like with Bach, yeah, well, it feels like, you know, exactly what he's going to be in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that Bonk isn't necessarily ready for the pro game quite yet either, um, yeah. just in terms of physical maturity and getting himself there. So even in the time that it would take for him to become pro ready, you're going to learn a ton about what you really have in guys like Thrun and Mukamadulin and and guys that are going to get looks. Um, 
with the Sharks. So I think you'll learn a lot that way. And if Nashville's proven anything over the years, you can never have too many defensemen <laughs> in the pipeline, right? <laughs> so it, it, if you're someone like me and you're looking at Oliver Bonk and you're pretty confident that you've got a surefire guy that you know can contribute in important ways, I, I don't think um, – that can be discredited at all, even with the guys you currently have. I mean, we know prospects, a lot of them, most of them don't turn out how you really envisioned when you're looking at them and scouting them and ultimately mm-hmm. drafting them. So um, to to get a guy that you think is more surefire and can really contribute to, to a, like what I described was just like a winning culture and, and just play strong and heavy um, is it, never a bad thing. So uh, that's Mike. The Sharks are looking D, kind of. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you you talked about it's going to be a while, right? So um, you know, expect probably two more years with London, probably a couple years uh, in the AHL to kind of transition to that pro game, especially again as you're as he's building maturity. He's already got a good frame, right? At six foot one and 176 pounds. Right. So you expect him to kind of continue to fill that out. But so probably looking at like with most defensemen that take a little bit longer, four to five years before he's making a, a, a impact in the NHL. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he'll stick around for, for a couple more years in London. I have a feeling with 2025, they might be looking at some sort of Memorial cup run. Um, OHL won't be hosting it, but I think, by the time that rolls around, they've got a couple other draft eligibles this year that I think will be around, and they've taken some flyers on some American kids that may come over after a year in the development program, and I think they're all their moves are kind of trending towards really loading up and going for one Memorial Cup run, so I think he might be the stalwart kind of back there and running the show there. So like you said, I'd, I'd think two more years in the OHL with London, and then I think he's a guy that, that definitely – would benefit from a year playing pro with, with the Barracuda or whoever else um, um, selects him. So we're looking at like three, four, five years somewhere in that neighborhood till he's cracking NHL lineups every day and making that tangible impact. I mean, the one thing though is the Sharks only like left-handed defensemen uh, and he is right-handed. <laughs> uh, I think their pipeline right now is all left-handed defensemen with the exception of Gannon LaRock, who's like, um, <laughs> it's so that might be the one thing. No, but yeah. the Sharks definitely need some right, righties. Uh, I'm not like a big like lefty-righty guy, but you do have to have some diversity. Um, yeah, we've seen totally most, most, most defensemen can usually play on one side or the other. Uh, but yeah, you do need a little bit of diversity there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, – Bonk, you know, he kind of feel like where do you kind of feel is is an appropriate place to maybe start having that that conversation of where he should be drafted? I know you kind of see him sitting around the fringe, end of the first, beginning of the second. Where do you kind of start to feel like okay, this is Bonk territory? Yeah, I mean, when the, on the draft day, we'll see where kind of slide and fall and things of that nature. But I I would say probably low to mid twenties is where I think teams may start considering him and he may start kind of popping up on team boards. Mm -hmm. Um, And then anywhere through the middle of the second round, I think it's a pretty wide open, wide open guess. It it kind of feels like there's a lot of players this year that are just kind of in that like 20 to 45 range. Right. And uh, I think so bonk seems like a kind of guy that maybe picked early second round as just kind of a team need, maybe, a team that had one or two first round picks kind of took some flyers on some guys that they think have high upside. And then bonks kind of just like, you know, we needed, we need a right shot D that we know is going to do this. Why don't we take a stab at 
Oliver Bonk kind of reminds me maybe of like Montreal's thought process last year, taking Owen back, just not the flashiest, mm-hmm. you know, offensive ceiling and upside, but really reliable middle six centermen, get him in the system and kind of just like that. I kind of see Bonk in that area. So I don't know, any, anywhere from about 22 to 45, somewhere in that range seems like Bonk territory for me. Yeah. I mean, the Sharks have, probably 26, 27, 28, whatever the devil's pick. And they have yeah. 36. So you're in again yep. with a high definitely in range, <laughs> definitely range. Yeah. If you, you hit, you feel like you hit a home run with your first pick and you, you feel like you just want to like get on base type of, of pick. Bonk yeah, exactly. definitely feels, it actually kind of reminds me of uh, like when Justin Barron a couple of years ago, I know Justin Barron had the, the massive injuries of sort, but like Justin right. Barron, right. You knew exactly Defensive defenseman, you're going to come in. He's going to do exactly what you need to do. Um, you don't have to worry about him. Is that kind of a similar uh, comparison? Would you? Is that a kind of a safe comparison? Would you say? Yeah, I think I think that's a good comparison. Um, was that was that the year they they took Newhook? I think so. Something. Uh, yeah, may have been may have been a year after. Actually, I think Newhook was the Byram year in 2019. Actually, so Baron Baron would have been after that, but. But yeah, very very similar kind of archetypes, right? Um, kind of already already a good frame and size and good mobility and and good first pass um, and just reliable, steady steady defenseman. So yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison. Yes, I have one. <laughs> all right, um, all right, guys. Before we finish up with Ben, uh, he gives three three defensemen other than Bonk that he really likes in this kind of late first, early second range for the Sharks kind of, and all of them have different traits. So no matter what your kind of flavored defenseman is, um, he's got a defenseman for you. So before we finish that, do want to thank you guys for making locked on sharks. Your first listen. Um, and if you want to be an everydayer, all you gotta do is just come back tomorrow and check out uh, where I have a really fun episode uh, planned with uh, Sam McGilligan and Tony Ferrari, where they're go- both going to argue. Um, one's gonna take the side of uh, Leo Carlson, and one's gonna take the side of Matt Bay Mitchkoff and argue why the Sharks should draft that player. So, um, if you want to learn more about what the Sharks should do at number four, you definitely check uh, check out Locked On Sharks tomorrow. Um, so wherever you guys get podcasts and of course you can watch on YouTube as well, Ben. So let, let's talk, you know, we, you kind of mentioned this hodgepodge of players, especially in this 20 to 45 range. Right. And we see, especially with these defensemen. So, um, I still feel very, very strongly. The sharks are going to be walking away with one of these, these, you know, one of their top three picks is going to be defenseman. Uh, I'd be shocked if they picked one at number four, but um, whatever <laughs> the devil's pick is and, and or 36, I think they're going to walk away with the defenseman. So we know there's a bunch of them out there, uh, especially in this range, right? You have guys like Bonk, uh, uh, Dragovich, you've got, you know, Simashev, like there's a ton of these guys kind of in this range. So who, which guys kind of stand out to you, which guys are kind of float your boat a little bit, I guess, in this range for defensemen. Yeah, I've got three guys in all kind of different different builds and kind of depending on what you're looking for may steer you in a direction closer to one of these guys as opposed to the others. So mm. the first who's really grown on me throughout the regular season and especially through the playoffs, just based on proximity, got to watch him a bunch live. Um, and that's Bo Aiki from Barry. Um, I, I was, I've been really impressed with his skating and, and his ability to just create offense. Um, from the back end and if 
if you watched all of his shifts from game one of the regular season versus all of his shifts from the last game they played um, in the playoffs, it's monumental difference. Um, and, and it's been super impressive the way he moves and the way he stick handles and the way he just drive, drives play um, for Barry back there, which isn't necessarily easy being kind of the second fiddle when Brant Clark's getting all the love. <laughs> Brand right? very good um, at hockey. <laughs> yeah, it, yes, he is. So, so Bowie, he's kind of maybe that higher upside guy that I think definitely mm-hmm. has a shot at maybe getting some second power play time. Um, a guy who the guy really reminds me of Rasmus Sandin mm-hmm. um, in terms of play style and just he's got the got a bit of an edge to him and and he's responsible enough in his own end, but really drives play with his speed and and offensive instincts. So that's one guy who I kind of see in that. Same range as Bonk, um, late first, early second, depending on needs. The other guy you mentioned is Dragasevic. Um, I think out of a lot of the defensemen in this range, he probably has the highest offensive upside. Um, I mean, his offensive awareness is is unbelievable, and his passing is great. Um, lacks more in the defensive zone, I think, especially with uh, just – consistent scanning and and understanding where his opponents are, but almost more importantly, where his teammates are. Um, Hmm. He seems a little bit kind of dead end deranged in that sense Um, in his own zone. uh, I've noticed a lot this year, but no doubt offensive skills and tools that, that you really can't teach. So that's kind of a higher offensive um, ceiling guy. So he, he seems maybe like, comparison is not the same but the draft philosophy really is where Arizona had a bunch of first round picks last year they took their shot on Maverick Lamaru at the end of the first Dragasevic seems like a guy if you have two or three first round picks and you really want to take a swing at the end of the first round knowing he may not get back to you with your next pick in the second Dragasevic seems like your guy uh, mm. in that kind of area uh, and then the, the next guy is Tanner Molendyke, um, who can just skate for days uh, <laughs> bring him into ottawa and he can do the rideau canal back and forth but he he's amazing i mean throughout the playoffs throughout international tournaments against the top competition of his age throughout regular season he never really fl- fluctuated um he, he's been the steady player brings the intensity every night kind of like that cliche like play hard you never know who's watching he, yep. he embodies that um and super impressive and super smart. Um, just really, really able to read off read off the plays um, and really good with deception, it feels like. Um, great with deception on passes, great with de- deception and mobility and things like that. And he's another guy uh, that, that I see in, in that range with Aiki, Dragasevic, Bonk, Molendyke, kind of a little cohort of CHL defensemen that all bring slightly different tools um so it kind of just depends what the team and the need is so just draft dragasevich and then bonk and then you just pair them up and you're good together you're, <laughs> you're done <Yep>. like <laughs> you're good so yeah uh that, that's that's the strategy that's your winning strategy right there uh you've set yeah you set your blue line you're good so um yeah i mean you know you you just see all these guys and it especially with the defense class like we don't even really you know you can argue you know it's probably Rickenbacker is probably the top defenseman. I like ASP. Like, you know, there's a bunch of guys, but none of them has really kind of made themselves a quick cut. So I have a feeling um, with the defensemen have such a kind of clouded group of, of guys where 
I think the Sharks are at either 27 or 36. I think the Sharks are going to have a really good opportunity to draft one of these guys and um, feel like they're walking away with a steal with whoever they pick um, out of this blue line group. Um, I mean, you, like you said, there's, there's just so many guys kind of in this range that you, you feel you're going to feel really good about it, at least. Right. Yeah. And I think another, another thing is you, you're really going to feel like the values there. Cause I feel like there's quite a few of them that, that kind of clump up in that range. So if you miss out on one, there might be another one that you like too. Um, so I think that that's an added benefit as well. All right. Uh, Ben, you set it all up last two questions. So, um, we got your range. I'm going to ask where, where does Oliver Bonk go? What pick? Oh man. I'd have to see, I'd have to see the teams in the top of the second round, but um, for guesstimation's sake, I'm going to say that he goes at pick 38. Um, pick 38 let's see that would be i'm pulling up the thing right now that would be the arizona coyotes so interesting okay yes. well i can picture that i'm gonna stick with my pick pick right. 38 oliver bonk lock it in <laughs> lock it in so <laughs> all the money uh to fan to lock that one in so all right yep. um, last lock time i asked sharp money all the sharp money yes uh last time i asked you who's gonna be the best player in this draft um not named connor bedard all right this time i'm gonna ask you which guy five years from now are we looking back and going how did this dude fall all the way to whatever pick he falls at wow i mean i got one guy that came to my mind right away as you were saying that so that's got to be my answer and i'm gonna say oliver moore oliver moore Um, okay yeah he really reminds me of kind of like a dylan larkin type um reliable two-way centerman uh, but i even think there might be more in the tank offensively uh than lo- what larkin provides and i fully anticipate oliver moore to slip out of the top 10 come draft day so i think oliver moore all right so you, there's more in moore's tank <laughs> all right <laughs> the dad joke of the day so um ben thank you so much uh, of course uh we'll try to get you on one more time before the draft i know you're gonna things are gonna start ramping up here for you with with trying to cram in as many profiles and everything else uh you do right now but where can the people find you yeah you can find me at twitter and the handle on the screen if you're listening on podcast be jordan nhl on twitter lots of hockey content there and you can find my writing in my profiles at smatscouting.com. All right. And say hi to Josh for me. So, um, <laughs> Ben, thank you so much. And we'll, we'll talk to you later, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ben Jordan. Uh, Oliver Bonk feels like a, a safe, safe pick. And if you go, you know, Michkoff number four, um, you know, whoever you pick at, with your the, the devil's pick, whether if it's like a Senberg or if you want to go like a Jaden Perron, take another swing, and then you get uh, with the the, the Sharks thirty six pick. Uh, if you get Oliver Bonk, that is a beautiful, beautiful start to you know adding some some quality quality pieces for the Sharks. Um, so um, we'll be back, like I said, tomorrow to discuss uh, Michkov versus Carlson. Um, so it should be a fun, fun show on, on Friday. And then the following week, next week, we're going to be doing it's San Jose Barracuda week. So we're going to be digging into the Barracuda season, kind of doing some player reviews, um, more draft profiles next week as, as well. So um, thank you guys, of course, for making Lockdown Sharks your first listen. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at uh, Lockdown Sharks. 
You can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole. Um, yeah. Until, until tomorrow. Bye friends. <laughs>